Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, May the 30th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And even though he probably isn't listening because I don't think he really knows much about the show, I wanted to wish a happy 101st birthday to my uncle who lives, my uncle George lives in Schenectady, New York. So uh, happy 101 cool. years. I feel today. like I know him. I feel I like know. I know him after yesterday so after we talked birthday, about it Uncle yeah George. can you imagine 101 years old wow just and doing just great just doing fantastic that's so. awesome i'm shooting for 108 so you know. 108 is a good age that, that's how old my great grandmother was on my mother's side when she passed she lived to 108 so that's a good age in fact uh the year of her 100th birthday she served us lunch wow <laughs> i cool? love it i love it Yes, that is very cool. It was great. So, yeah, good. I like that target. That's a good target. <laughs> so, how are you? Do you have a target? Do you have a target? Do I have a target? Oh, yeah. I, actually, uh-huh. my target is very, very high. I like to aim. I, I, I'm aiming. Uh, uh, don't faint, okay? I'm aiming okay. for 150. Okay. Hey, I support it. <laughs> and, then after, and then when I get to 140 and I'm living a great life and I'm skiing and doing all this other good stuff, then I'll, I'll probably upgrade a little bit, you know, maybe go for 200. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going as long as I can go. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Will you still be doing LOA today? In some form, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> yeah, I would think. I mean, I can't imagine just leaving it and banning it entirely. So, yeah, I think I'd probably play some role. I just don't know what the role would be necessarily, but yeah. Good answer. I mean, it's so, so much fun. Like How can we not? Had... I know. So it sounds like you had a win because you were running late to the show with yeah. me. So, you know, tell us what the fun was. Oh, we, uh, Louise and I were interviewing a new sales candidate. Um, we have one sales rep now, and we are definitely long past the point of needing a second one. And we finally found a good candidate. So we were interviewing her for the last, uh, oh, geez. Almost two hours. <laughs> it was a long interview. Wow. Yeah, and Louise is still talking to her actually right now. But uh, wow. she looks good. She is she going to be hired? Do you know if she's going to be hired? Well, Louise and I haven't talked, so I can't you know speak oh, okay. out of school, so to speak. But I uh-huh. would say she has a very good chance. Put it that way. Cool. She has a well, very you know, good and it just dawned on me that when it, like it's a win for you because the business is growing to such a point that it requires more sales. And it's a win for a salesperson who's looking for a job. Absolutely. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a good thing for both parties. I always thought that should be our positioning statement. A positioning statement is like, you know, the little motto for the company. I thought our co- company motto should be our business is growing because it is. We're gardeners. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> our business is growing. I just got the metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I um, had referred a dear friend of mine as a candidate at the company that I'm at. Mm-hmm. And today she forwarded the, and, and they liked her. They called her for an exploratory conversation. And I hadn't heard anything about her, but you know, as law of attraction would have it, I was she was on my mind a lot today and mm. this morning especially. And I'm like, I really need to connect with her and just see where that process is. So when I got to my inbox, there was a forwarded email from her, and she got the, you know, kind of regret to inform you. You're not as qualified as other candidates, but you're very qualified. Please check back, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I responded to her and I said, well, thanks for keeping me in the loop. And what else is possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've shared my other story, which I'm not going to go into the detail of it right now, 
of how, you know, I tried really hard when I was like, I don't know, 21, 22, 23 to get this bank job. And everybody said, yes, yes. The first two interviews were all green light, totally go. And then boom, I got slammed. The door got slammed shut when the president of the bank said, no, I'm really going to stick to my guns requiring that this candidate have one year of bank telling experience, which I did not. And what I knew for me at the time, of course, I was depressed out of my mind. And our, our topic is about how do you turn around from dis- turn around from a place of disappointment. Right, right. But, you know, that set me in a direction that ultimately provided one of the best careers I ever had. And so, you know, with my girlfriend, she's, you know, looking for something. Um, she knows her life is shifting. And, okay, so if this said no. What else is possible that we don't know about? There's always something more. But sometimes when we're pursuing one thing, we don't recognize that there's something more because we don't have enough information. But, you know, once she had the door closed to working at the company on that, well, that's a piece of information like, okay, well, not now, not this one, but mm-hmm. what else? Right. Because there's always more. There is, yeah. And it's important to keep in mind, but it's not always easy to keep in mind, is it? I mean, we're disappointed when something doesn't work out the way we wanted it to. So before I jump into the part of the topic that is juicy for me, did you have anything else you wanted to share with about today? Well, let's see what's been going on. I mean, this has been one of those wacky days where, you know, you're not quite sure what your shoe size is because you're running around so much you're wearing the shoes out. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I've never heard that. (laughs) I just made that one up on the spot. But (laughs) no wonder. Um, I, 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 it's been a good day. I don't know what else to say because I can't even hardly bring my thoughts together. It, everything has been so scattered working on so many different things, but I've gotten stuff done and I'm looking forward to the day when I don't have to be dealing with all the scattered stuff. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well then let me just kind of jump into what's been on my mind. Okay. Um, it has to do with our book, you know, your daily dose of happy. Right. We had four incredible days of pre-launch for the free oh, ebook. Amazing. Then we had four incredible days of people really downloading our ebook, making us number one in the categories of spiritual and motivational. And we had that in at least three countries. Um, I, I was checking every country link that you had, and I think there were like maybe eight or ten different countries. And I was amazed at how we were staying very high in all of them. I think the lowest number I saw might have been like 13. Yeah, it was was pretty impressive. I mean, it was just really impressive. Um, So then when we were talking, I think it was last Friday, I said something about, well, when are we doing the book launch? And... I don't remember what you and I actually said, but my my immediate reaction inside was, what book launch? <laughs> what okay. are you talking about? <laughs> well, that sets this up well. Because I, so. I hadn't thought about it at all. I mean, it was a legitimate point to raise. I just hadn't really given it any thought. My whole focus was on the ebook. I hadn't thought about the paperback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and we'll come back to that because I think that's a really key point. So I said, well, like, let's do it on Tuesday when we close out the ebook launch. You went, okay. And so that's what we did. Right. Well, Yesterday, I want to say we started out at the beginning of the morning, like somewhere in the 2000s. And then as our um, social media started like getting rolling, 
then we started, you know, cranking up and we were climbing and then we were like in the five, I think we hit 515 in spiritual somewhere around two, maybe noon or two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then it went the other direction. It went to 585 and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what's happening? And then it went to like 380 something. And I'm like, that, okay, that's going really well. And I remember my friend Keisha, she sent out more social media and go, whoa, we're climbing. Whoop, whoop, you know. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, there was a sense of, uh, I got to tell you, honestly, I had a sense of we're not going to make it. And that was really hard for me to handle because I, I just, I, I knew in my gut we weren't going to make it. I knew with the ebook, we were on target, we were making it. I felt the energy flowing. Um, the feeling, the vibrational energy of the ebook hitting number one was so strong and so powerful, and there was so much ease and flow in it that it was like it didn't surprise me at all that we hit it. Not to mention it's free, you know, that kind of helps a little bit, although. We were still competing against hundreds and hundreds and thousands oh, yeah. of other free books. Yeah, sure. So doing it was just an absolute wonder, and it was fabulous, and it was exciting. But in in the Amazon world, unless your paperback goes number one, you don't get to claim the Amazon number one be, you know bestseller seal. It's got to be the paperback. And we didn't have a whole lot of... Mm, energy moving toward the paperback and you said it very eloquently you said it was kind of an afterthought because you really hadn't thought about it that's right yeah because your focus was so much on the ebook yeah i mean and, my, so, and just to reiterate for people who aren't really sure what the uh, the etymology of this the, the origins of it was originally when when i was focusing on the idea of even doing this book the purpose mm-hmm. in my mind was let's promote the podcast so if we can get this right. out into as many hands as possible, that's a win. And that's exactly what we did. I never thought about it in yeah. terms of, of making money off the sales. That was the last thing I had in mind. You know, I, I just wanted to get into as many hands as possible. And we did it. And I said, said yay, hooray, mm-hmm. we did it. <laughs> but you said, well, what well, about the paperback? And I said, uh, uh. <laughs> well, because what I recall was in addition to that intention about getting into as many hands as possible for free so that we could promote the podcast, there was also the element that when you reached out to different um, coaches and healers and other individuals asking them to participate in the book, although nobody can promise number one bestseller, you know, that was kind of a, a marketing thing like, hey, this is also a cool thing for you and your business because if we become number one bestsellers, that's a claim that you can make on a book that you have had published. And frankly, I'm a little divided because I'm a co-host, so I'm totally about wanting to um, boost our listenership for the podcast because I know that what we're doing is meaningful and valuable, insightful, entertaining, inspiring, and it makes a difference. So I absolutely want more people to gravitate towards our podcast and be inspired by the things that we wrote in the book. But simultaneously, I'm a business owner and I'm really looking for that number one bestseller seal that Amazon has and we did not accomplish it. And so when I went to bed last night and I'm normally, I normally don't go to bed this late, but I was really busy playing on my website. Um, I didn't go to bed till maybe two thirty. 
Mm. which I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Walt, but like the day ends at midnight Pacific time for Amazon. Is that right? Yes, yes, right. That's they, they measure on Pacific time. Okay, so since I'm on Central Time, that means at 2 a.m. Central Time, that was the closeout. So I was up and I checked our Amazon listing and we were still at 3.13. And I'm like, oh, crap, we didn't make it. And then this morning I woke up and we were now at like 400 and something. And now we're at like 500 and something. And when I focused on it this morning, I felt devastated. I was so sad. I won't say depressed because I don't do depression, but I was sad. I felt let down. I definitely felt disappointed. And I don't like that feeling. Anybody who's listened to this show has heard me say, I don't tolerate feeling uncomfortable or bad or pain for like any length of time, 15 minutes max. And I'm doing, what can I do to get out of this feeling? And I mean, I was ruminating in it for what felt like forever. Of course it wasn't, but it was at least a good couple hours, maybe three or four hours. And that's a really long time for me to feel painful. And I couldn't see anything beyond what did we do wrong? You know, well, we didn't put enough time into the pre-launch. Well, you know, uh, other co-authors weren't out there on social media um, really pumping it up. Because I went to everybody's social media seeing who had it <laughs> on their timeline. <laughs> you know, and, I, and not to name names at all. I know people are busy. I get that. And not everybody even understands social media the way I do. Um, not that I know everything, but I've been part of other launches. And my friend Keisha, she's like the queen of Facebook marketing. And so, you know, she's always saying, we need to do this and we need to do that. And did you tag people? And I realized we weren't tagging people. So I made a last ditch effort the last day of the ebook sale and the uh, first day of our paperback launch to just tag, 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 because that puts things on everybody's timeline so long as they've given permission in her, in their settings. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I w- that's where I was. I was kind of blaming. I was blaming the system. I was blaming, you know, you, Walt, for not doing what I thought maybe you should have, could have done. I was blaming me because I didn't make more, you know, conscious effort to learn more about launches. I was blaming all the co-authors. I was, you know, in the blame stage because, you know, when you're going through this sadness, it's kind of like, what do you do? Well, it's so easy, I too. Try- I mean, it's easy to, to, to just slip into that and not be able to cry them out. I mean, like, where's the way out? Where's the exit sign? Exactly. And so, you know, and I'm being really very vulnerable and real here because, you know, how many people are, are going, oh, my God, Wendy just said she blamed her co-host on the air. <laughs> yes, I did, because that's where I was. I'm not feeling that now, but it's where I was. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry, listeners. I'll be ripping her throat out later. It's okay. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Ah, all right, right. So I was just feeling so despondent and so discouraged, and I just didn't know how to like get out of it. And so finally, because I couldn't stand it, I finally asked a good question of the universe of my ah. inner being, and I went, "What can I do to shift out of this crappy feeling?" Ah, good question. And it was, take a nap. Oh, really? And I went, okay. And so I'm on vacation for my day job right now. So I went and I laid down. But here's what's interesting. 
you'd think I'm going to lay down, I'll fall asleep. I had about two and a half hours before the show. So I'm like, oh yeah, I won't sleep that long. I don't even have to set an alarm. So I go to lay down and I realize it's not my head that keeps racing. My heart is pumping so fast. Oh, wow. And I went, I didn't even notice that before, but it's going boo, 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 boo. So I'm like, okay, I was taking the really biggest, deepest breaths I could, holding it and blowing it out slowly. And I did that a couple times in a row. And I'm like, okay, that should calm me down. Because normally that calms me down. As soon as I stopped the deep breathing, and went, and I'm like, that didn't work. So I did it again, multiple times, deep breathing. Got done, didn't work. And I went, okay. So then I asked another question, which was, is there some message here I'm needing to know about? And that's why my heart keeps pumping and racing and won't calm down. Because I can't even go to sleep at this point. Mm. And my intention is to release the resistance of this sense of despair and discouragement and and disappointment. The three Ds. (laughs) (laughs) The three Ds, okay. (laughs) And so finally, when I asked the question, is there something I need to know? I kind of went, this is the feeling that's so out of sorts, so out of alignment with who I really am that I need to find out what is it my inner beings thinking about this. Mm. So we didn't make number one with the paperback yesterday. What does my inner being think about? What is my inner being knowing on that subject that I don't know? And so just thinking like, oh, my inner being has a different perspective actually started to make me feel better. Mm. Because it let me know there was a different perspective <laughs> other than we didn't make it. Mm-hmm. So that that did allow my heart to calm down. Never fell asleep. You know, then a solicitor called and that kind of woke me back up. <laughs> but then I just kind of laid there and I went, okay, this feels better. But what's a new way to look at this? And this is a new thing that's been coming to me for about maybe a month. That whenever I ask a question and a memory from some other time in my life pops in my head, I'm learning that that's my signal for whatever it is that I knew about that situation or felt in that situation applies here. Oh, okay. And so the memory that popped into my head is the story I wrote, which is the first chapter of the book, which was about me buying my house, the house that I'm in now. Right. And this was a time in my life I didn't know anything about law of attraction. And even though, yes, I'm in the house that I'm in, and it's the one we desired, we went through about a year, my husband and I, went through about a year and a half of banging our heads against the wall, going through one disappointment after another, after another, after another, on our way to getting this house. And I went, okay, what is it about that story that I'm supposed to pick up for my feeling of disappointment here? And it was kind of that, Each time I felt disappointment, felt like the end of the world, but it wasn't. Mm. Because the end of the story had not yet been told. True. That made me go, oh, that feels good. Like right now I have goosebumps just thinking on that. The end of the number one best-selling book, Your Daily Dose of Happy, the end of that story has not yet been written. That's right. And so I'm like, okay, so what else is possible? And then I started recognizing and remembering in my story about my house 
how it was my determination and perseverance to get up every time I got knocked down and do something different. And I went, well, I can do that. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not a quitter. Mm -hmm. And then these phrases started rolling through my mind like, Everything I touch turns into gold. <laughs> that's what I stand for. And I want a gold seal that's his Amazon number one bestseller. Okay. So the story has not yet finished. So I went, okay, well, what other things are possible? Now, it's only fair to our listeners to say, what I'm about to say, I've not discussed with Walt. Not this at is all. what I'm about to say. It's kind of like... The, 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 the news what? About, about what we were talking about here came about three minutes before the podcast in which you told me what the title was, I said, oh, that's a good title. And then we went on the air. So th that was the extent of the discussion before the show. <laughs> but I have such an, a wonderful trust with Walt, and I think he with me, that he knows, uh, hopefully he knows, I won't embarrass him, and I won't say anything that will make us look bad. But everything that I'm going to say is about a learning experience. And so... The thoughts that were coming to me were, and, and none, of, none of what I'm going to say is totally fleshed out and like, okay, you know, listeners, I don't want you to go, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> These are just thoughts that were coming to me that I'm like, well, this would be appropriate to like talk to Walt after the show. And I went, no, it'll be more fun to talk about Walt's fresh. <laughs> mm -hmm, sure, <laughs> I'll do it on not? the show. Yeah, that's fine. And it's like, okay, well, we had one big book launch. Who's not to say we can't do it again? Mm. And come back with a different strategy, come back when we feel refreshed and ready, and I'm so pumped up about this, I'm ready, ready to like lead the charge of how we do it. So if Walt is like, okay, I carried the ebook, uh, I'm okay with you carrying the paperback, <laughs> I'll do it. Or if Walt says, no, I really want to do it, okay, fine, but I'd like to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that like, hey, Walt, I'd like to be a part of it or take the charge of it. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I was talking with my friend Keisha, who has shared with me how she has done, she has three number one bestsellers on Amazon. And so, you know, one of the things that she said is every single one of them, they did some kind of a uh, call on Zoom, which Zoom is the platform we use for this radio show. Mm -hmm. But instead of using it for the radio show, do it so all the authors can like have a meeting where we can have a verbal and or video meeting and we talk about how we're going to launch it going forward and what the timeline looks like and what the pre-marketing is going to look like. And one of the things that I know we started to do with this launch, uh, with the ebook launch, but didn't totally get executed, is even though you collected people's social media like names, not everybody followed through with actually connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And so when I was trying to tag people that hadn't like friended me or accepted my request on LinkedIn, it was really hard to find them. And in some cases I had to leave them off because we didn't all connect. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing where I'd like to say, okay, everybody, are we willing to make a joint effort to do that? Because, Something I've learned about social media is the more interconnectedness we have, the more those lo uh, algorithms in Facebook and Twitter and all, in LinkedIn and all the others start boosting things to the top of people's timelines because it looks relevant and popular because a lot of people are being tagged. 
And so I know there was a couple of us that used the tagging, but not many. And we had 39 co-hosts, you know, and if I know in like another book that I did that went number one bestseller, there were only 20 authors, but we tagged the heck out of each other. And I mean, there were so many things popping up on my timeline, but let me tell you, within half a day, we hit number one in several categories uh-huh. okay. because we just pounded it. Um, another thought is we're not in it for the money. And so I don't know if Amazon will allow you to do this, but I already do know they dropped the price. Our original price was $14.99. Amazon's now dropped the price to $12.39. And so my thought is, can you go in and set a new price, like whatever cost is? I was surprised they hadn't done it before. I mean, because I I, had asked that question and I saw they hadn't reduced it. So I'm I'm interested. I'm glad to hear that they finally did put their discount in there. Um, They did. Yeah. The the only thing I have to do is I have to be a little careful because the way that they have you price it, um, basically, they also set the prices in other countries. So I'll have to go through and I'll have to make sure that we aren't actually losing money in any particular country because it's not right. a good policy to lose money on a book. But, you know, the thing behind this, because it's like it's not just about me. Um, I will tell you that because I'm very sensitive to energy and so is Keisha. And, you know, she's living with me. And so, you know, she and I are bouncing ideas off of one another. And this morning I said to her, when I was putting out all my social media yesterday, and it took me like an hour to do Facebook and an hour to do LinkedIn because I tagged everybody and it took a long time. Um, I said, I felt alone. And she said, oh my gosh, that's the word. Yes, that's how I felt as well. And we both talked about how we felt that everybody's energy was spent. Like yeah, we had spent... Well, we've done, we put all the energy in on we put all the energy in on on the ebook, and and that's where we yeah. spent it all. So you're right; it was pretty much spent by that point. It was spent, and even I was like, "Oh, I know that what's appropriate is during the day for me to go in and like say, hey, guys, you know, we have twelve hours left, ten hours left.'" And I'm like, "I don't even have the energy. I'm mm. spent." Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay. I I was thinking about how I had done the other book launch and the other one was done in reverse where we launched the paperback first hit number one. And then a couple weeks later we put out the ebook at a, um, I can't even remember if it was, I think it was at 99 cents. And then we hit number one in that one as well, Mm -hmm. but we didn't put nearly as much effort on that one because once you've already gotten somebody to spend 15, $20 on the book, saying, will you spend 99 cents on this? That was kind of easy peasy. Mm-hmm. But we did it in reverse. And so they have the content. But now we're saying, hey, we are you willing to pay $15 just to hold it in your hand? Now, I'm an author. So of course I am. You know, of course, I sent a version to my mother. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> she got the email today and said, oh, I was kind of hoping you'd, s- you'd send me one. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how to work on the I- internet. So I just sent it to her. <laughs> But I thought, you know what? I don't know if you can ask Amazon to shut down sales so that we can kind of like wait for another day, or maybe we don't have to worry about that. I don't know. Another thought. Oh, I know. I lost my train of thought. So one of the reasons, yes, this is important to me, but when I was sensing that there wasn't a whole lot of energy stirring yesterday and I felt like we were tired, I also felt 
like I wasn't the only one sensing disappointment. Like I wasn't the only co-author feeling this. And the co-authors, I think part of their impetus to be contributing authors is they wanted to see themselves have a book that's number one. And we can't really claim that on a free ebook without qualifying. Well, we had a number one international bestseller, even though there was no money book. <laughs> well, you probably wouldn't phrase it that way, but yeah. No. <laughs> you know, and I thought, I, I am feeling um, an allegiance to my co-authors, that we deserve to give, put our best foot forward to get us a number one position. Because what some people may not know or recognize is that the co-authoring book is somewhat common now in, in the business arena. And most of the time, to be part of a book, authors have to pay money to be a part of it. I've even had several um, uh, businesses solicit me being in the you know coaching space saying, hey, would you be interested? And it's only a $2,250 buy-in. Or another one I got was it's only a $3,000 buy-in. So if I paid them and they're unknown to me, if I just paid some strangers 3000 bucks, they'll tell me I'll be a part of a book and they can't guarantee we're going to be number one. And True. so to me, the thing that was so cool, Walt, about what you were offering, because you were not in this for the money, you were really wanting our podcast to grow and be ex well accepted. And you wanted to give a free gift as a thank you to those who've been loyal listeners. Right. Yeah. And so none of the authors that participated in this book had to spend any of their money, which I think that in itself is cool. Um, but I also feel like, but we also did it because we wanted to become number one bestsellers. Mm -hmm. And when you first offered it to us, it was like, wow, we can be number one bestsellers and it doesn't cost us money to get into this book. <laughs> uh, can we say yes, yes, win, win, duh. <laughs> So one of the other ideas that popped into my head is most of us are coaches and only those of us who would choose to participate, you know, maybe, maybe if we drop the price to what the cost is and we say, if you buy multiple copies, it could be three, it could be five, whatever number we pick, you will be put into a, um, a contest and the prize will be, and, and we can have more than one prize a free coaching session with one of our authors. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I'd be certainly willing to do that if that'll help up the numbers. Mm -hmm. So anyway, those are just kind of some of the strategies. And, you know, who knows when we're going to do it. I feel pretty certain it's going to happen because I'm not a quitter. I'm not defeated and I don't give up. And the fact that I'm standing in the house that took over a year and a half to find <laughs> and secure is proof. I don't give up. This is true. And the fact that I drive a Jaguar, another story in the book, mm -hmm. is another piece of proof. I don't give up. Like my, my catchphrase is watch me. When someone <laughs> says you can't do it, I say, watch me. <laughs> and so granted, these are all the things that I had to think about today regarding the book and becoming a number one bestseller with the paperback, because that's what I truly desire. Because I feel like every author 
that participated really deserves to get a prize for their participation. Because, you know, unless you've sat down to write, you don't realize that it's not just something like writing an email. It takes effort. It takes a lot of effort. My proofing of my first story probably took five times longer than the writing of, the, of that story. You know, the, getting it just right, saying it in just the way I wanted to say it. It takes a lot of effort. And I feel like our authors deserve to be compensated with the number one Amazon bestseller seal. So that's kind of that subject. I may go back to it. But Walt, are you able to uh, pick out from the things that I shared how I turned my disappointment around? Because that is, after all, the title of this show. How do you turn disappointment around? Well, basically, you stopped telling the old story. The old story was, I'm so disappointed we didn't get there. I'm not feeling good. I can hardly sleep. My heart is a flutter and it won't stop. All these terrible things are happening. And you recognized that's what was going on. And you said, okay, first I'm going to check with my inner being, get some ideas. Got some ideas from your inner being. There were good ones. And then that started the process of retelling the story in a more downstream fashion. I mean, Abraham talks a lot about the upstream-downstream thing. Upstream is where you're paddling upstream like mad against the current, and you're making a little bit of progress, and you're working really, really, really hard, not realizing that everything that you actually want is downstream. And all you really have to do is let go (laughs) of the oars. The boat will turn around and start floating downstream. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds so easy when you describe it that way. It's funny. It's cute. It's a nice little metaphor. But how often do we have trouble letting go of paddling upstream? You just described in your story how you basically let go of the oars to a large extent in a very short period of time and start allowing the boat to start going downstream. So that now you're open again to possibilities. You're open again to moving with the flow rather than against the flow. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't have said that better myself. Thank you for being such an excellent listener. Oh, well, you're <laughs> Not <welcome>. to mention <laughs> disseminator of summary. <laughs> See, that's why I'm the editor of the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and what to me, as you were talking, what kind of was highlighted for me is even though I was in a uncomfortable, painful, emotional space for many hours, It felt as though the moment I turned the corner, the other stuff was no longer even in my purview. I wasn't seeing it, wasn't thinking about it, wasn't feeling it. Disappointment was truly behind me. And the what is possible was what was in front of me. And ideas just started flowing. I mean, like, I mean, I feel like I just shared with you a bunch of ideas. You did. And... I'm and that's just me. But what I'd really like to do is get on a Zoom platform or something where all the co-authors can come together, at least the, as many as are willing to be there. Mm-hmm. And let's talk amongst them, ourselves because there are other co-authors that have been authors of books before and have become number one bestsellers. What do they know that even I don't know? And I don't think I even know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when we combine our knowledge together and we put our synergy together, I think that will make the biggest difference because 
when I said I felt alone and Keisha said, I felt alone too. The next comment she made was, I feel like we don't have a cohesive energy of our 39 authors. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've dispersed and probably because we're tired. Yeah. We're really tired because you can only push, push, push for so long. Right. Yeah. Then you need to take a break. Yeah. And so when she said that, I went, that's what we're missing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, I'm, I feel the desire to connect with my other co-authors in a way that we're really all in this together. Yeah. Where, in, fact, in fact, I can so, even think of a metaphor, by the way, a metaphor okay, that, that describes the situation really nicely. It's, not, it's almost not even a metaphor. It's more like a simile for people who know the difference who are into that kind of thing. The book Chicken Soup for the Soul is, in a sense, what we modeled because we were trying to create stories that have the same kind of feel, in a sense, the same kind of effect as Chicken Soup for the Soul. But we were aiming specifically at an audience of people who are interested in the law of attraction, who are already interested in it. And so it was sort of like Chicken Soup for the LOA Soul kind of an idea. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know this, but when Jack Canfield and his, his co-author wrote the first Chicken Soup for the Soul, they couldn't get a publisher. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a publisher for months. And in fact, at one point, uh, this is part of the story he tells in the movie The Secret, um, he was approached, actually, I'm not sure if he told this whole story, but anyway, he was approached, not approached, he was talking to his, his mentor. His mentor was one of the great um, success story type um, mentors that you could possibly have, a, a gentleman named W. Clement Stone. He was a multi-billionaire and he was a, uh, an author, he wrote a, a book called The Success System That Never Fails. He's quoted in The Secret. Um, he, he was a pretty impressive individual. In fact, I even heard a talk from him uh, just a couple years before he died. He died when he was like 99, 100 or something like that. But um, anyway, he he was being mentored by, by Stone, and Stone said to him, I want you to set a goal that is so high, a monetary goal that is so high that you, you can't imagine how you're going to get there. Well, Jack tells how he was making about eight $9,000 a year at the time. This was in the early 1980s, late 70s, somewhere around there. And uh, so he set a goal of $100,000 income in one year. And he had no idea how he was going to achieve that. So he makes out one of these little checks, you know, like a check from the universe kind of thing, and, and makes it out to himself for $100,000. Actually, I think what he did is he took a, a $1 bill and he turned it into a $100,000 bill. So it looked like a $1 bill, but it said 100000 on it. And then he taped it to his ceiling above his bed so that every morning he'd wake up and he'd see it right there and it would, it would remind him of what his goal was. Well, long story short, I won't go telling his whole story because he tells it much better on The Secret. But long story short, he ended up making some contacts um, and, and actually nothing happened for a while, but then he made some contacts and those contacts led him to being able to not only getting the book published uh, that he'd already written, but to earn, I think it was $92,000 that year off of the royalties of that book. And wow. he couldn't believe it. I mean, to this day, he could hardly believe it. And his wife asked him, well, if we did that in one year, can you do it with a million? Will it work? <laughs> And the next part of the story is how he tells how his publisher wrote him a check for $1 million and put a little smiley face next to his signature because it was the first $1 million royalty check that publisher had ever written. Now, bear in wow. mind, this is a book that he couldn't get a publisher for. No one would publish it. No one thought it would sell. And when it did get published at first, nobody was buying it. And yet it became 
the the most phenomenal number one bestseller, not just book, but series of books of all time. So So when he launched or attempted to launch his first book sale, we could say it was an epic fail. Oh, absolutely. However, (laughs) it wasn't the end of the story. That's right. And that's what I'm holding on to here. Yeah. I wouldn't call ours an epic fail because the fact we hit 313 in spiritual, I'm very pleased with that. But it wasn't the complete package that I was looking for. Right. And and our story is not done being told. Exactly. Yeah. It's not being done. And, and one of the other things that was flowing through my thoughts today um, when I was flip, when I'd flipped the corner and was feeling better I got the memory flash of Colonel Sanders, how he presented his recipe to like a thousand different people that rejected his recipe until finally someone said yes. And bless his heart, he was like 60, I think 65 years old. Yeah, he was up there for sure. Yeah, which is like really amazing. And Mm. so, you know, even though I don't think any of us will literally replicate somebody else's success process exactly. What I love about having these other ideas in my brain is that it encourages me. It inspires me. You know, I don't necessarily believe like when someone says, well, if I can do it, you could do it too. I don't subscribe to that one at all because I know way too much. Like it has to do with your (laughs) thoughts, your filters, your experiences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, if I know one person has done it, I know it's possible. But now it's possible through my filters, experiences, and my internal guidance. And something else I was reminded today is when I bought this house, I didn't know the law of attraction. Right. I did everything the hard way. (laughs) That's why I was using willpower and perseverance and pounding my head against the wall and and like, not literally, and, you know, getting disappointed and having my heart broken and then having to pick myself up and start all over again. And I'm reminded, I know law of attraction today. <laughs> I know how to utilize it deliberately right. for my benefit. Right. So it's like, oh, the wind is on my, at my back. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. good. And, and, and I'm even encouraged because my inner being is the one who took me down this road of all the things that are possible today. Now, why would my inner being show me this and then yank it out from under me going, sorry, that was just a joke. That was really meant for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be real nice. It doesn't happen that way. And I think I had mentioned to you, and I was writing this um, on my website um, where I was advertising our book. I thought it very interesting how of the three chapters I wrote, The first one, which is about me getting the house, is when I didn't know anything about law of attraction. The second one is about me getting my Jaguar. And at that point, I was just kind of learning how I play some kind of role in what I create, but I didn't really know too much about it. And then my third story, which is about me desiring uh, friends that are like-minded, I was totally a deliberate creator at that point. And what I find fascinating when I compare these three stories is the level of ease that shifted as I knew more about how to be a deliberate creator to me is a dramatic piece of information because getting the house, got it hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
getting my Jaguar looked improbable, had to work, had to stay really on top of my emotional game. Got it. Mm-hmm. Not totally easy, but definitely easier than getting the house. Right. Having my three like-minded friends, kind of piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I just sat back and I put out the desire, knew what my intention was, and I just watched it flow in. So it's like, wow, that's really cool. And that's what I was reminded of today, which is, Wendy, you know how to you know, be a deliberate creator. You are a deliberate creator, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. So if I set my intention towards something and I stay focused on it, duh, it's it's happening. It's a foregone conclusion. Well, I'll tell you something. I hadn't told anybody about this on the podcast or any of the co-hosts yet, but over the weekend when we were hitting all these great numbers with the ebook, mm-hmm. I was disappointed, believe it or not. At what? I was expecting thousands and thousands of people to download the book and only 564 downloaded only you know only <laughs> 564 is a lot of people but i yeah, had I, built I, I myself really, up i appreciate i appreciate your transparency for saying that i had built myself up i, I had built myself up and I, I was like really looking forward to thousands tens of thousands of people downloading the book i mean it was a free ebook why wouldn't 10,000 people download it and I know that our reach was somewhere around 15,700, I think, was what uh, Facebook told me, plus whatever we had on LinkedIn and Twitter. So you know, I'm going to guess easily over 20,000 was our reach. And yet we, quote, only, unquote, got 564 people to get the ebook. And, and I felt disappointed about that. And I went very much through the same kind of process you just described for the last, uh, you know, what, 45 minutes or whatever it's been. And And the thing that ultimately came to me that was my my turning point i mean the turning point could be almost anything right because it's whatever it takes us to start shifting our mindset but in my case it was the reminder of what the uh the catchphrase was from the movie called um the hundred foot journey i don't know if you've seen that movie really good one story of an indian family that ends up emigrating to france and opening an indian restaurant right across the street from a one-star restaurant uh, one of the michelin one-star restaurants and all the stuff that happens by having these two across the street from each other. Um, But the catchphrase that the movie uh, is remembered for is, um, oh, no, wait a minute. No, I'm confusing movies. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't that movie. It was the uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel that had this catchphrase. Yes. Sorry. Got to get the right movie with the right catchphrase. The catchphrase was... Erase, erase, erase. Erase, erase. Right, yes. So so throw throw out (laughs) One Foot, Hundred Foot Journey, put in its place Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. The catchphrase was... Everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not yet the end. It's not the end. And when I remembered that, it was like, oh, that's right. (laughs) There's lots of things that can happen between now and whenever. I mean, this thing, it just depends on whether or not we continue to believe and continue to do the stuff that we know how to do. I mean, actually, you know what my first reaction was after I remembered that? It was the same thing you said at the beginning of the podcast. What about the next book? That was the, that was what came to my mind. What, oh, the next book. Oh, yeah. And I started dreaming all these possibilities for what the next book could be and how to put it together. And I even started imagining, well, okay, maybe the next time the book is actually a thinner book that has a, a smaller price on it because you, there's less printing involved, maybe we do it as a like a month book. So 
you know, 30 days worth of stories. Oh, wait a minute. That turns into 12 books in a year. And all of a sudden, I'm turning it into a series of books in my mind. Five minutes ago, I was despondent because I only had 564 people download an ebook. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's crazy. You until, but, until our current book goes to number one, I'm not ready to even think about writing for the next book. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's okay. And actually, I wasn't even thinking about having the co-authors who wrote this book um, do that book. But that was, the point is, it just shows what happens when you start turning the corner, when you start changing yeah. your mindset away from, oh, woe is me. All these things didn't work out. I'm so disappointed, too. Oh, wait a minute. There are all kinds of possibilities here. The whole energy starts to shift. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, one of the one of the phrases that Keisha says to me all the time is, what else is possible? Mm. What else is possible? Now, I've heard many people say it, but because she's in my life and I hear it from her all the time, that's why I give it to her. But, you know, it truly is accurate to say, what else is possible? Because the end is not written. The end is not written. And when we look at Jack Canfield's book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, oh, my goodness, the end was not written just because he got turned down by the first publisher. Oh, not at all. Or the second publisher or the third one or the fourth one or the fifth one or the sixth one. (laughs) Exactly. So the end is not yet written. We're we're not done. Um, Now, do you by chance, like, do you have the stats on, like, how many paperbacks have sold? Yeah, I think it's like... uh... I don't know, I'd have to go look it up. I think it's like uh, 14 paperbacks have sold so far, not counting the author uh, purchases. Author, like Meaning, people who bought, authors that bought in bulk. Yeah, because if, if we buy it in bulk, we can get it at, at actual cost, okay. not counting Amazon, what Amazon normally collects and all that kind of stuff. So we, we basically okay. get Well, three of those discount. 14 was me. <laughs> I bought no. two for me and one for my mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, and that's good to know that we know where we're at. And yeah. so, like, as the numbers continue to increase, like even with the, the ebook, you still get to see what those numbers are, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, because I'm going to do some checking with the publisher that I published with my last book and just kind of ask her, like, what her best practices are. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know when it's best to, to set the launch date? And how many books did you actually sell for us to get to number one? Mm-hmm. Because right before you and I jumped on this call, I went to the internet and I just kind of was looking up how do you become a number one bestseller? Well, they're talking about the the articles that I saw are talking about, um, you know, how you become a number one bestseller as in like uh, for all of Amazon. <laughs> which is different than what we were doing. And I don't even care about being the number one bestseller for all of Amazon. I just want it in the categories that to me are are my heart, which is motivational or spiritual, you know? So I, gosh, I can't remember the number. I think we might've been like 500 bestseller of all the books or all the eBooks, but number one in spiritual or motivational. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't find anything online that said how to rank that in a specific category. Because honestly, we need a whole lot less in a specific category. Right, right. And so I'm really, there was something on my, I have an Amazon dashboard um, and I was looking at it in terms of um, the last book that I was uh, participated in and it showed 51 and I'm like, did we only sell 51 and we became number one? I'm not quite sure what that 51 stood for. 
but I don't think it takes a whole lot. No, it doesn't. I don't think. Yeah. And, you know, I even had a thought. If it doesn't take a whole lot, at the end of the day, if we're not totally, like, on the day we choose to launch, I'll buy them up. If I have to buy 50 books. (laughs) I'll be giving away as gifts for quite a long time. (laughs) That's funny, though. That is funny. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so here's late-breaking news. This is very funny. Um, Keisha's never done this before, but she just popped into the room that I do the podcast, and she handed me a piece of paper. And she wrote down a quote that Abraham says all the time, which is, you can't get it wrong, and you'll never get it done. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get it wrong, and you never get it done. And she Nicely called, face. Keisha. Well done. <laughs> yep. So we can't get it wrong and we never because we never get it done, which is really kind of the same thing as saying that the end of the story has not yet been written. It hasn't been written, no. No. And, and, and ultimately, this is a, the way I look at it is this is really an ongoing process. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's great that you want to focus on, on building this particular book up, and I think that can certainly be done. Um, but this is an ongoing – it's really a conversation with the public that are interested in the law of attraction. And we're just simply trying to get more and more people to participate in the conversation, whether that – is yes. listening to the podcast, whether it's reading the book, whether it's contributing to future books, whether it's participating in helping to relaunch a book, whatever it is. I mean, they're all aspects of being part of that conversation. Whatever we do it that pushes that conversation along, all the rest of it, it's going to be like, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. It's going to be that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe that's going to happen. So will we get to number one? Yeah. I can't tell you exactly yeah. when, but we definitely will. Will we get to number one overall on Amazon? I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, we will. I don't know when, but I think we will. Okay. And because the original intention was to build our audience listenership for this podcast, um, one of the metrics we're not able to ascertain today, but we will over time, is how many more unique listeners will we add to our listenership? That's true. As they read the book, you know, they'll, they'll see opportunities to come check out LOA today. And, and we, we're, we're sure that's mm-hmm. going to happen to some degree. Um, hopefully it's going to happen to a large degree. And we, and, you, and we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But what we do know is this. If we invite people to subscribe, they subscribe because that's what our history has shown us. So if you're one of those people who are checking us out for the first time, we want to invite you. Go to the homepage at LOAToday.net You'll see there all the instructions on how to subscribe. Those who have subscribed have become very loyal. We know that also from our numbers because our numbers show that on average, those people listen to 30 to 45 podcasts per month. I mean, we're talking serious listenership going on here. And they do that because there's value here. There's tremendous value. It's a positive show. We we do a lot of in-depth. We do a lot of back and forth. Different co-hosts bringing different perspectives really makes it interesting. The people who write in to talk about how much they're fans of the show, they emphasize things like how interesting it is to have the different uh, conversations going on. And, and they, they love to play it in the background when they're, they're driving to work or they're driving their tractor or they're doing work around the house or whatever it is. It's their go-to thing to listen to during the day. So it's well worth your time. You will get that kind of value by being a subscriber. So please take the moment to subscribe. It's, it's real quick. It takes a minute or two. And when you're done, 
use one of the social media icons that you see there to send out the message and let, get other people to subscribe too. So subscribe and share. You know, I'm going to say this is just a personal ego moment. Um, but you had sent to all the co-hosts last week an email from, I think it was Deanna was her name, uh, who, who was one of our loyal listeners. Mm, right. And Deanna was sweet, and she mentioned all sorts of positive things that she liked about each specific co-host. Yeah. And then she was kind of wrapping up something that was like her own awareness. And I love this. And she said, well, like Wendy says, the old me would have done blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, and right. the new me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I do that all the time. I yeah. didn't realize that people are catching on to this is like what I do. I say the old me versus the new That's me. And right. I went, I love that. That is so cool. So what Deanna doesn't know is that's now making that an anchor for me like, hey, I really do like the fact that I like to contrast and compare the old version of me with the new version of me. Well, I, I got news. I got news for you. She now knows it. In fact, that's one of the things about doing a podcast. As one one of the listeners said to me, "You wouldn't believe what I know about you." <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and you know, when I first started doing the podcast, that was something that was very scary for me, which is I don't know who's listening. And so what I say can be used in all sorts of ways. It can be taken completely out of context. It can be a learning opportunity. Whatever it is, I can't control what somebody else does with what I say. That's true. And I had to become okay with that. And so little by little, I've started becoming more transparent with my life and my experiences and with my family and my friends. Um, and even my, my coworkers, because I'm not as afraid that people are going to do something inappropriate with it and it, it and it'll end up being a backlash where it hurts me. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, cause I'm recognizing even if somebody takes something out of context, which I've had that too, where a listener, you know, wrote something and it was like really out of context. I'm like, Whoa, how did she get that? And I just sat with it for a moment and I went, those are her filters, and that's how she heard it. That's right. I can't, and I don't control that, nor do I want to. It's none of my business, and I am staying in my lane. There you go. <laughs> there it is again. Another Wendyism right there. Mind your own business. <laughs> stay stay in, in your lane. lane. <laughs> there it is. So, for all the people that listen, I, I, you know, my hope is that they take something valuable that will positively affect how they live their life to make a positive difference. Um, but if they take what I say and turn it inside out and have it hurt them, that's not my business either. That's how they choose to take in the information. So it's all good all the time. And, you know, you never we can never get it wrong and neither can our listeners because we never get it done. That's we it. get more do-overs in this lifetime and the next, you know, that it's unimaginable how many do-overs we get. <laughs> well, well, actually, we do get one thing done because the, the show is about over. We're out of time. So we're done for today, but we're going to pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> and we hope that you'll join us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.